is the Requiem Metal Podcast, episode 40, Dokken.
Well, welcome to uh, the Requiem Metal Podcast. Thought I'd give you a little change of pace from the, the serious tone for the last, you know, couple weeks. That was tooth and nail and without warning from Dokken. So we'll be rocking with Dokken tonight. And we've got our, our uh, Dokken expert with us here. Chris no, I don't know about that. Well, uh, well yeah. compared to me. Chris is a uh, early Dokken expert. I'm sort of early a... Early Dokken uh, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a Kind of mid-level, late uh, to middle Dokken lover, mm-hmm. and Mark is the late blooming as of last Dokken lover. Five minutes. Well, no. as of last year, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Within the last year, he's sort of adopted. But Dokken, uh, I mean, what can you say? I mean, obviously, and those two songs we opened with a with a reason um, because of you know the guitar playing of George Lynch. You know, without warning is an instrumental tune where he's doing just some some really awesome kind of. I mean, I don't want to get too technical with with what Lynch does, but I mean, he's he's just able to sort of have a total mastery of the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really think of another metal guitarist outside of MIDI, maybe Eddie Van Halen at times. Some of the things that Randy this Rhodes was doing, tapping harmonics and pinching, yeah, just, all, just kinds of, all over the place. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Tooth and Nail from uh, their their he's, second full length record. He's sort of known for his vibrato. Yeah. Absolutely, and I mean he 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 sort of made Dokken kind of a musician's band in a way. Well, I think well, actually, I think all the <clears throat> excuse me, all the band members made Dokken a musician's band. Um, you know, Mick Brown is a good rock drummer. Jeff Pilson, you, know, you don't really hear him that often, but I think he's a great bass player and again a good backup vocalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Don good Dokken, harmonizing that you yeah, hear a lot. Dokken has a great uh, uh, you know great set of pipes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they certainly more were more musically adventurous than I think you know what Crew and, and Rat and some of the other kind of bands in this era were doing, where they which, were sort uh, of more. Which track was that that we actually heard? Looks the kill. The, you hear right. that in one of the songs off of uh, Breaking the Chains. And, and it predated yeah, that yeah. song to what by two years or something. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I mean, Dokken was. I think what a lot of people always kind of forget about Dokken is that they were around. You know, seventy eight, seventy nine. They kind of started the circuit, and yeah. I mean, Breaking the Chains came out in what eighty three or eighty two. Um, uh, when did it come out? Eighty three. Yeah, and I know they were they were touring. They actually just recently put out uh, last year. Uh, well, two years ago, actually, late two thousand seven, they put out the From Conception Live nineteen eighty one disc, which is you know they were playing a lot of these songs that ended up on Breaking the Chains back mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty one. You right. know, and Lynch was doing these sort of adventurous solos, which, you know, again, only really Randy Rhodes with Ozzy solo band and, mm-hmm. and Eddie Van Halen with the Van Halen were doing anything kind of in the same ballpark as this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the core of the band actually goes back to uh, to Don Dokken on vocals and, and guitar. Uh, Juan Crochier from Rat mm-hmm. was the original bass player. And then right. who, who, was the, uh, who was the original drummer? Do you remember offhand? I, it escapes me at the not. moment. Yeah, someone not important. I don't, was it Mick Brown? <laughs> was it Mick Brown or no? No. Oh, geez. I don't think so. so whoever the original drummer of Dokken was, they're going to be really upset with us if they're listening yeah, to our podcast. Alive, yeah. so. No, he wasn't the original drummer. They're, they've had a couple of different guys. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, Mick Brown is the Dokken drummer. Sure. He's the guy you think of, you know, you know uh, I mean? whether it's his goofy smiles and all the great Dokken videos that are, <laughs> exist out there, you know. I mean, I uh, think he joined the band in, in around 80, I think 1980, so... Yeah, so we'll just consider him the, the the drummer there. But I mean, what are your your early thoughts on on Dokken? I mean, how you discovered him and why, you know? I mean, why are we doing a show about Dokken? You know, of all these of all these hair metal bands, what makes why them indeed? St- what makes them stand why out? Indeed. You know, I mean, because typically we've done more of the extreme metal stuff or right. the the you know. So where does Dokken sort of fit into all that? Um, good question. I don't know if I have a solid answer for that. It's, you know, um, 
I mean, I remember discovering Dokken when I, you know, stumbled across the underlocking key tape in one of my buddy's basements when I was in third grade. And, right. I, you know, something about it just sort of seemed different. It wasn't Poison. It wasn't Motley Crue. Uh-huh. It seemed more, you yeah. know, music. There was more mu- musicality behind a lot of right. it, you know. I think the, the main difference with, with Dokken and a lot of the bands, especially from L.A., the Sunstri- Sunset Strip bands, is they weren't blues-based. They didn't have this... They were more European-based. So... Th- in in that way, they were more like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden um, than they were, you know, uh, Motley Crue or Motley Crue or like uh, you know those influences. Those not that sleaze factor. They, as much. they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, they have, have it, but they, it doesn't show up it. consistently. It's not. You know? Yeah, it's not the driving. Force I mean, an entire that. Rat record is all about you know sniffing sex. I mean, <laughs> let's just be real. It's, that's what it is. You look at a Rat cover. It's just. It, it just is, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. nasty, dirty. You want to take a shower after listening to a lot of that music. <laughs> I think Rat, you know, early Rat also had the European edge to it as well. Sure, and I love Rat, you know. So, but I mean, go back, going back to Doc, and I think that you know they were they were more they felt more European than they did American, um, and surely they were they were musicians. I mean, they weren't just a bunch of dudes who wanted to get laid. I'm sure they wanted that, but. Um, <laughs> They were they were musicians first, mm-hmm. uh, and they came, and songwriters second, um, and you heard that. Yeah, I mean, some of the songs are a little bit clanky, but they pulled it together. They, they yeah, they pulled it together, and you know, in particular, you hear on that first record, "Breaking the Chains," which we're going to open up a trio of songs from that, and it's got some some great movements to it, and some of the things that Lynch is doing are great. But but there's sort of a weakness in the production. I think there's a thinness at times. You know, I love it. Um, and, and this is a late record for me. I didn't get this record until years later. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I had all the the core three Dokken records of you know Underlock, Back for the Attack, and Tooth and Nail right. before I ever stumbled across Breaking the Chains. On what's well, got like an old Priest production? I yeah, think. right. That's what it yeah. reminds me of. Yep. Yeah, you know, I guess maybe it doesn't have that bombastic '80s production that you're used to when you hear like sort of '80s, you know, hair metal yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think for me it was harder going back to that with that sort of thinner production in a way. But uh, you know, the elements are there, and I mean, I Doc and I've always sort of respected it more uh, than than some of the other kind of hair metal acts. And I mean, what what is it for you that sort of drew you in in the last couple of years? I guess where you kind of said, ah, I'm not well, discriminating was- against these guys anymore. Well, you know, two guys that I respect their opinion has talked about them ad nauseum for what twenty years now. <laughs> ad nauseum. I was like, maybe I could uh, not, but they've always been a constant, constant fixture. Yeah. I always thought, oh, this is just you know something silly, from, like a joke band or something. Oh, just from you know, this is something Chris liked as a kid and just mm-hmm. kind of carried on through. But Which that's you, to some extent that's to some part extent of it. That's yeah. true. But yeah. then you actually listen to the stuff, and I was more of a Molly Crew kid growing up, and just more a little bit more mainstream. You're one stuff. of those. And I was one of those guys. <laughs> But no, going back to listen to this, it's like it, it's so much more it's so much more well constructed, well played than a lot of that. And it I, actually gives that whole genre of music some some kind of credence. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, and that's where I mentioned that they were kind of a musicians band. I yeah. mean, you know, anybody who listens to George Lynch play, you know, he's not CC Deville. I mean, CC Deville is god awful. Let's just you know, let, I mean, he's a horrible guitar player. Horrible. And Lynch was Lynch could have been thrown into a, any sort of thrash metal band and really been able to sort of play a lot of the you know those yeah. awesome riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lynch actually was was one of Ozzy's first choices, or he was runner up to Randy Rhodes, I think, yep. uh, to That's be right. Ozzy's original guitar player. Right. And then when Randy Rhodes died, he was asked to to join, but he declined because Dokken was kind of up and going at that point. And uh, that's when Ozzy went with. Jakey e. Lee. That's right. So, but anyways, let's uh, let's get into the tunage. Uh, we're gonna get into you know breaking the chains. Any thoughts on this record, Chris? In particular, your your perspective, other than the Judas Priest Iron Maiden kind of thing. Uh, I don't think so. I think that there's this record is is 
is a weird one for sure. It's not your typical hair metal record. It's not your typical heavy metal record. Uh, it's kind of somewhere in between and not that at all. Yeah. Well, this was this came out right at the time with Quiet Riot's first record. I mean, there wasn't really even a hair metal scene at this right. point. Right. I mean, you're gonna hear yeah. you're gonna hear sounds. You're gonna hear the sounds of which would end up being templates for Rat, Quiet Riot. In um, Motley Crue on this record, so in some case, a lot of the you know those those bands sort of derived some aspect of of what they were about from Dokken. Sure, and, you know, and maybe I'm off on that statement, but I kind of feel that way when I hear this record. I hear a lot of things that eventually went into those bands, um, especially their popular songs. Well, and I think another touchstone that that I, I almost forgot to mention uh, about Dokken is that you know you mentioned Priest and Maiden, but I, I think we'd be remiss if we left out the German influence of like Accept, Accept and Scorpions yeah. that you yep. really hear in there There's a lot. lot you know, sure. And I whereas people that. people almost like. Uh, it's almost acceptable to be a hair metal band if you were like the Scorpions or Accept. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In a way, you were more well, well respected than like the the LA stuff was. You know, Cinderella. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, Lights it, it, is a good album. And, and, <laughs> and Doc, Doc Cinderella apologist. Doc could kind of jump in between those two scenes, the European and the right. American scene, pretty pretty readily. So, uh, in particular, this break breaking the chains. This song uh, that we're going to open things up uh, reminds me of a, a fellow metal friend of ours, Luke, who just goes nuts for uh, for breaking the chains. So, Luke, if you're listening out there in podcast land. It's one of the best videos out there, I think. Uh, it's, you can't discuss the video. That'll, that's like that's a four thousand. Oh my gosh! Discussion. Just 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 go look. Just it go YouTube. find the video. Go and, find the video on YouTube. It's well worth your time. Yeah, you'll see that Don Dockin will break the chains. So. No, George Lynch. George does. Lynch. Does. Oh, to play well to play a solo just in. Time. No, he breaks out at the very end in his uh, bathrobe. Remember? We'll, we'll talk oh. about this as well. <laughs> Hugh Hefner robe. So <laughs> you're gonna hear "Breaking the Chains," "Night Rider," and Seven Thunders" from "Breaking the Chains." Then we're gonna end things with our uh, introduction to "Tooth and Nail." Don't close your eyes. Sit that in your room. You feel the pressure, you're going crazy too. Change your pace 
Sir, Don't Close Your Eyes, Seven Thunders, Knight Rider, and Breaking the Chains. And uh, Don't Close Your Eyes is the first tune off uh, Tooth and Nail, or the first song besides the, the opener. We're, we're uh, back to the Tooth and Nail record. What are your uh, rec- reminiscences about uh, Tooth and Nail? I mean, how does it kind of differentiate itself from... Whoa. Sorry, guys. You're uh, you're already rocking with Doc, and apparently <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, technical difficulties there. Technical difficulties. Yeah, on so the, what's what's going on with Tooth and Nail? That's, tooth and Nail. Um, besides a really sweet cover of a giant sort of uh, God, claw. Godzilla claw coming out of the water. Right. Uh, tooth and Nail is uh, what is those impulse purchases based off uh, probably a music video I heard, okay. I, I saw on MTV. Um, not you know uh, Into, Into the, the Fire, fire yeah. um, probably that video in, in particular. Um, you know, they're all which has a giant claw, two claws, I two think. claws. Actually. Yeah, uh, there's a helicopter in the video. Um, <laughs> awesome. There's <laughs> barbed wire. Um, I believe George Lynch has a two tone haircut, yes, blonde on top, he does. brunette on bottom, mm-hmm. uh, which is of, very reminiscent to uh, Jason the Wheeled Warriors guy. Oh, wow. that's that was my inroad to. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, and that was probably the gate. You know, that was probably the the entrance into Doc and was the, was that video because um, I went back and bought Breaking the Chain shortly after, after I got okay. Tooth and Nail. Um, I remember getting Tooth and Nail on cassette, um, probably from a place called Tape World, uh, and uh, loving it. I mean, I pretty much loved it from start to finish. 
Um, and I mean, I think in particular this this record. Um, you know, you heard "Walk Away." We didn't play it, but if you go to "Breaking the Chains," "Walk Away" is sort of like the the introduction of the Dokken ballad, I guess. But but Dokken's ballads were, I mean, they were definitely fit into the metal ballad realm, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, a tune like "Alone Again," which we'll hear here, is is really representative of the dynamicism that exists within their ballads. I mean, almost, you know, if if you consider that "Stairway to Heaven" was like the template of how a rock ballad should be played, mm-hmm. you know, Lynch can go toe to toe with what Jimmy Page's solos from like you know, Stairway to Heaven and that sort of thing with the solo that he does in Alone Again. Right. It's really triumphant. Some people will will argue with you about that. Well, I'm not saying he's he's a better, you know, I I don't mean to, but I'm saying that Stairway to Heaven in a way seems to be like the the template for how to write a great rock ballad, you know, with an epic conclusion, epic solo, things like that. I'm not comparing Jimmy Page to to George Lynch, okay? So, you know, you can send me the emails if you want, but I'm I'm not going there. They're two totally different style guitarists, but I think Alone Again is just a good uh, introduction to mm-hmm. you know to the to the Doc and Ballad right. um, and we're going to open things up with When Heaven Comes Down which is one of the heavier tunes on the record right uh, I mean I think the title says it all I mean you know for Doc and this is heavy you know yeah. this is this is uh, this is when the uh, you know balls to the wall pedal to the metal um, you know kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, so it, it's it's probably one of the heavier songs they were to you know they they would make on this record um, but it's also, you know, in typical Doc and fashion, it's musical. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's 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 a it's a song you can you can headbang to. Uh, any song you can, your girlfriend probably won't hate. Yeah, she'll <laughs> well, laugh at you. Yeah, she might laugh at you. I, I've tried to bust Dokken out with my girlfriend now, and uh, it doesn't always go over well. She kind of just smiles like. You need to do a roll. Is this for real? Well, for sure, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna hear uh, when heaven comes down, which was one of the the. Not the singles, but then uh, we're going to drift into two, well, actually three straight uh, kind of famous docking tunes here. Into the Fire, which is uh, probably one of my favorite of their popular songs, I guess. Pretty good one. Yeah, it's, it's got a, a great uh, musicality to it, much better than Just Got Lucky, which is kind of a just typical 80s hair metal band song. And then Alone Again, and then we're going to close out with In My Dreams from Under Lock and Key. Which, which I'm sure many of you have heard. Many of you have heard, and it features probably one of the most jaw-dropping kind of solos that uh, that Lynch gets into for sure so enjoy when heaven comes down and some docking hits here on uh, the podcast of Requiem Metal
that was, of course, the famous In My Dreams. And preceding that was Alone Again Into the Fire and When Heaven Comes Down. So, Chris, we've moved on now to Underlocking Key, yeah. which is, of course, my first docking uh, mm-hmm. experience. Yep. That's where I, I bought I bought that the day it came out. Wow. So this I just got it today in vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just got breaking. I just got breaking the chains on vinyl today. It was, a, it was a nice find. It's a watershed so, moment. Now. Yeah, and I got uh, oh, <laughs> and I got uh, lightning strikes again on CD. And Chris, you bought how many docking records for four dollars? Like seven? No, uh, all the basically anything post. Uh, Beast from the East. I think it was on Amazon for a grand total of like six bucks for four records. It's <laughs> a pretty good deal. Pretty you know, there's three dollars shipping, so I'm, uh, nine bucks. Um, so yeah, it's a good deal. Good deal indeed. So all right. So uh, what? What? In terms of the musical progression, a little bit. What are you seeing on Under Lock and Key uh, compared to Tooth well, and Nail? Under Lock and Key is a lot less heavy than yes. uh, it's more commercial than Tooth and Nail. I think. It's much more commercial. They obviously lean in that direction. Um, you can definitely tell from you know from the clothes they're wearing on the cover. I think uh, they're all wearing some weird sash sashes like George Lynch is dressed in red and yeah, black. Bulk, only. I think yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff Pilson is in purple and black. You know these weird sort of costumes, which sort of is a sign of the times. I think at that time. Well, I was gonna say. I think at this point, you know, Theater of Pain has come out, and you know, Home Sweet Home was written, and I mean, came out like that for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is really when 80s hair metal had taken over. This is about yeah. a year before Look What the Cat Dragged In and Slippery right. When Wet and mm-hmm. some of these, like, Watershed yeah. albums come back uh, right. out and stuff. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Um, What's funny is when I was a kid, I didn't realize that the, that the you know, the, this little thing here was the Dock and logo. I thought it was, like, it's supposed to look like a key pole. Mm-hmm. And I was like, or a key. And I was like, wow, I, you know, wow, that's pretty cool. And then I realized later that, because I'm an idiot, that it's actually just the logo. So essentially, docking, docking, <laughs> docking covers are like, where's Waldo? Uh, you know, things. There's like more to more than meets the eye in docking. That's for sure. Maybe the next house key I get, I'll have it shaped like the docking logo, like, like a underlocking key thing. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, for me, you know, in my dreams is like probably the song that I've heard the most from docking for sure. whatever reasons. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're starting to get a lot of docking videos. I think there was a video out for the hunter. It's not love. Yep. In my dreams, did Just they got do? Lucky. Well, that was on Tooth and I Nail. Know, I know. Uh, Unchained. By the same time. Was uh, was Unchained the night? Was there a video for that as well? Mm, I think I it was. It was a single. I think, or did it just become a, a popular kind of song through the live movement? Maybe there was a video. Um, yeah. I'd have to look at that uh, Unchained the Night video, which you stole from me, actually. Oh yes. You held. Yes. You've held. held I held it hostage on VHS, but you've since replaced it on DVD. I have actually, so, uh, and which, I'm not afraid to admit that. Which is features a lot of really interesting moments on that DVD. George Lynch showing how to do uh, helicopter riffing. The, yeah, the uh, the guitar instructional. Yeah, I, the, the thing I've liked about Dokken is that they they've always seemed to be sort of tongue in cheek. Like uh-huh. like to me, they're they knew that they were caught up in this maelstrom of like cock rock, you know, and hair metal. And they went along with it because the record label wanted them to do it. You know, mm-hmm. they're on Lecture Records and the producers are doing it because there was a lot of money to be made. But at the same time, I think they all knew how to play their instruments. They were all good musicians. Yeah. I mean, they weren't just like, 
you know, some assembled band like Poison or something where, you know, none of them really knew how to play any instruments and it was just style, you know. No yeah, when Bobby Dahl's the best musician in the band, yeah, you got a problem. Woo! <laughs> I've actually witnessed a Ricky Rocket drum solo. Yeah, it was that's one a mess. Amongst the worst things like I've ever seen in my life. falling into a drum set, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was awful. But anyways, I, I you know, recently, in recent years, I've seen like some interview footage with Dokken where they, uh, they talked about, for instance, you know, if Motley Crue bought, you know, such and such, you know, talk about hairspray, uh, we had to buy you know, four cases of it for the tour. I mean, we had to be just like everybody else, but mm-hmm. even more so. And in a way, he admitted that they kind of overdid it, you know. And I think this well, album that's... cover, you mm-hmm. know, is is proof positive, you know. And under lock and key, while being I think probably the most kind of popular record in terms mm-hmm. of album sales, yeah. is probably the least consistent record in, in many ways. Really? I, I think of of the big three. Of the big three, I think it's the least consistent. I think what are two, the big three? Well, Tooth and Nail, this, and Back for the Attack, I think, are the, the three okay. major commercial records. Right, I agree with you that. You know, yeah. and uh, it, whereas, you know, Unchain the Night, which we're going to start things off with, is such a great song and very, you know, epic in terms of its movements and, and different things. There's a lot of weak songs, you know, on this record, you know. Um, <clears throat> but I think the, the strong songs make up for the weak songs. That's true. You know, I'm um, not, not, not going to... Into the Fire... Uh, Into the Fire's Tooth and Nail, yeah, yeah, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Get your Dokken record straight, yeah, right. Dr. Dokken. Dr. Dokken. In My Dreams, fantastic song. Sure. Unchained the Night. The Hunter, which is... It, I don't really like the video, but... Um, and we're going to hear Till... Love. We're going to hear Till the Living End and Lightning Strikes Again. Till the Living End, Lightning Strikes are one of the metal tracks, I think. Mm-hmm. On the, till on the, in and live in. Live in and enlighten in. Enlighten in. Strikes again. Jeez, sucked in that. See, they were, uh, they were ahead of their time in terms of street slang. And, right. I mean, they kind of preempted Sarah Palin in that regard. Sure. Exactly. Uh, or or uh, Snoop Dogg, one of the right. two. Sure. Kind of a combination <laughs> of Snoop Dogg and Sarah Palin. Right. right. Uh, it, it, this album sold over a million copies, actually. Yeah. And so did uh, good job, Dakin. Tooth and nail, and so did its you know the predecessor to uh, Under Lock and Key, uh, Back to the Attack. All three sold over a million copies. All three were the platinum. predecessor. You mean the the, the song the record album after, after it okay. uh, sold over a million copies. So all three albums sold over a million. Amazing. Good job, Dakin. So we're gonna get into Unchain the Night till Living End, Lightning Strikes Again, and then the mysterious Back for the Attack, which we'll talk about when we come back for the attack. I've been lost in the middle I was trying to 
That was back for the attack. Lightning strikes again till the living end and unchain the night. And back for the attack, while the name of the the sort of last of the the kind of big three powerhouse docking records actually didn't appear on back for the attack the record it was a uh, b-side to the dream warriors single correct That's right. or the dream C- warriors cuss single cuss single and for those of you young enough to not remember the beauty of the cuss single it was like the seven inch side a had the hit side b had the b-side mm-hmm. uh, but it was a cassette tape uh warpable and all yes bad quality and it reminds me there's a really hilarious well, they didn't have cases they had those crappy cardboard they had like cardboard sleeve. sleeve yeah it's a sleeve yeah so if you shook it too hard your tape went Flying, right. you know, out across the street and got and potentially course, run over. Of course, the case, you know, would always get damaged. So if you ever find one of those in mint condition, you know that some kid or some girl, whatever, was completely anal about the condition of their single. Their, and you know, there's Kasingle. a someone out there who has a massive single collection and is just like waiting, like waiting for the day to, waiting you know, for the, the comeback to, to pop up. So, so you know, back for the attack was a rarity then, and that's it was. one of the reasons we Still decided a to throw I mean, it's only, I think it's only available on a best of. Is that the only yeah, place you yeah, can I find think it? It's only a European best of right okay. now. Yep. Interesting. And Dream Warriors, which we played on the Halloween show a few months back, uh, Mark and I had a good time with that. Uh, we're not going to play tonight. It is one of the, the cooler songs on the Back for Attack record. Mm-hmm. But uh, Back for the Attack came out in 1987. Um, and to me, it's a more conscious effort, I think, probably from George Lynch to play heavier songs. In, in a lot of ways, I mean, I don't know who that's coming from, but I don't. I get the feeling that the tension, which was always a, a product that existed in Dokken, there was a lot of tension between Lynch and Don Dokken. They really didn't get along and like each other that much. And I, I, I get the well, feeling want to be leaders, and well, I think so. And I think Lynch wanted to probably be heavier, and I think Don wanted to be maybe more commercial in some ways. Yeah. I, you know, again, I, you know, I don't know what the dynamic was at the time of the band and who decided on what and why. Songs like Kiss of Death were heavier than... Uh, I mean, Kiss of Death, which we're going to open things up with, it's a Megadeth riff. I mean, it well, really, uh, when you yeah. when you listen to it, it sounds like something off of Holy Wars or right. uh, Rust in Peace, I mean, so... Well, I wouldn't go say it's a thrash riff, but it's close. It's, very, it's one of those borderline songs where you're like, this is a heavy record. I mean, this is a heavy song. Um, of course, the record kind of gets goes away from that a lot, but... And then Mr. Scary sort of reaffirms that, that heavy sort of con- content. I mean, well, with some great Mick, Mick Brown sort of uh, drumming. Brown, and some drumming, and George so, Lynch's amazing guitar solo yeah. uh, throughout. Um, you know, it's one of the best instrumentals, rock metal instrumentals, I think I've, I've heard. Mm-hmm. And it's short enough to not be so overindulgent that it's just right. it's just ridiculous, but, you uh, know. It's overindulgent, but at the same time, it's it, it serves a purpose. But that's know. the 80s, though. I mean, we're yeah. talking 87, the peak of Everybody's sort of cold, Reagan. You know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was overindulgent, you know, Wall Street, you know, you name it, you know, Gordon Gecko and, and the whole bit. But uh, I, I don't know, to me, it's a more, I, at least the, the opening, the, the first half of the record mm-hmm. uh, is, is a more, you know, up through probably Mr. Scary. Is, is a really consistent opening to, to the record. You know, I mean, songs like Kiss of Death and Prisoner, which we're going to hear, yep. and even Night by Night. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a one, two, three trio that's yeah. that's fairly strong, and you really haven't seen anything that strong off of it since probably Tooth and Nail, when they opened up with, you know, Tooth and Nail and Just Got Lucky. Right, you okay. know? I'll give you that. Um, but, I don't know, you know, so to me, this is a... This is when I first started hearing Dokken a lot more on the radio because by 87, I was nine years old and I was more conscious of music at this point. Right. You know, I think in a way, I kind of missed the boat with Tooth and Nail and Under Lock and Key. It kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, swam past me a little bit. You know, Bon Jovi was my awakening, if you will, at eight years old, you know, you know so. Yeah, there's always a gateway. Exactly. 
mean, I think this record's good, too. I mean, the B-side of this record, if you want to call it a B-side, um, had some good songs. I think Lost Behind the Walls won. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burn Like a Flame, I mean, that's that's a great video. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Dream Warriors, which, yeah. which tops Stop Fighting Love is a classic Dawkins song. Um, you know, Love, of course, is in the title. Um, but musically, I think it's classic Dawkins. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cry of the Gypsy, mm questionable yeah um but i think overall, there are moments there are moments yeah, i mean the, the the one thing you can say about docking is even uh, a particularly not great docking song is always usually going to have some good harm harmonies from from don and also some right. type of blazing guitar part mm-hmm. from george lynch sure. you know that's you're not going to get that from a lot of the other hair metal bands they might have yeah. a good solo per record but it's not every song is going to have those kind of consistencies and yep. I think that's where, you know, Dokken is sort of stuck with me and stuck with you and, and has that appeal outside sure. of just the hair metal genre, you know, I right. guess, if you will. So, yep. but uh, let's get to some tunage. We've got Kiss of Death, Prisoner, Night by Night, and Night by Night in particular has just delectable gems of different little solos and movements throughout. Right. It's kind of like little solo vignettes kind of all the way throughout the whole song. Yeah. And then, of course, the orgy of solos, uh, Mr. Scary, which is right. just a centerpiece of George Lynch yeah. with Mick Brown's drumming. So, so. If, if you haven't, you know, got this by now, Jason really wants to have George Lynch's children. I, I, um, I, I, I so... But well, I mean, what about you? Where's who are you a you know Mick Brown Don Dokken guy or uh, I mean, I'm, if you had to make I, I out a member of Dokken, who would it be? Yeah, well, I of mean. course. I mean, you know, you got to be George Lynch. Uh, oh, okay. So we're gonna have to fight over George Lynch then. I mean, apparently. he's got the skeleton guitar. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's, he's got super he's, tan. He's super tan. <laughs> he, be, he he fought one on one Freddy Krueger in yes. the Dream Warriors video. Right. Uh, he's got blonde tips on the end on, on his hair. They're spiky. Uh, and he's built. I mean, he, 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 he lifts a lot of weights. He's muscular, so he yeah. can probably, you know, he can probably play guitar Kill better than anyone you know. You know, he can probably beat your ass or your butt or whatever you want to call it, uh, <laughs> or whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting into the lyrics of "Bullets to Spare." Okay, right. so no. yeah. Uh, and you know, he's uh, he's more tan than uh, George Hamilton. George Hamilton. So I mean, I, I'd, I'd say you just feign more love for George Lynch there than I. Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave that one hanging out there. You're on your own on that one. You're the one who has a picture of him on your wall with a towel. But (laughs) listeners out there can't tell. They can't see. You know, that's only speculation. Lies. It's being spread. Propaganda. We'll put a photo up on on the All right. We'll we'll get something going up there. All right. Enjoy some Kiss of Death, which is uh, by far one of the heavier, cooler docking songs. Indeed.
We're back from the attack with Mr. Scary, Night by Night, Prisoner and Kiss of Death. And uh, sad to say, Chris, but, you know, all this intelligent conversation we've been having about uh, rocking with Dokken is coming to an end here. Yes, we were, we were approaching the end of an era. Yeah. Uh, the end of the original lineup uh, as we know it, um, or as we knew it, um, with the Dysfunctional album. Well, and, and we should mention that In Between is an actual pretty good live album Beast from the East right absolutely Beast I mean, from the East I mean but you know it had it had the sort of the ballad single on that walk away mm-hmm. uh, which was a good song typical Dokken again sure uh, melodramatic great you know great melodic moments great harmonies awesome solo uh, you know wasn't the Dokken uh, Don Dokken solo record out in that era as well it was in 91 yeah because Dokken essentially split up in I think 88 or 89 right uh, went on their way you know Lynch started the Lynch mob Don Dokken did uh, solo project which was sort of a Kind of a gathering of of you know Mickey D from King Diamond and Motorhead fame yeah, John was was Norm drumming from yeah John Norm you know so it was a interesting kind of thing yeah. and you know Pilsen uh, has he gone did he go back to Dio uh, I don't remember and then well yeah because he was on Anger Machines oh that's right so that, yeah. that so that at that point he went on to he went to yeah. Dio so but um, in between all that you know in the last sort of I guess. Doc and Elm that got any kind of attention was dysfunctional. It was put out by Columbia Records, still a major label. Now, like, CMC and Sanctuary, uh, Sanctuary smaller, kind of more niche labels have been putting out kind of the, the Doc and records of the late 90s and 2000s. But uh, this features all four members, and you can tell, you know, they've, they're, they're trying to make a comeback into grunge. Grunge is definitely, like, on their mind in a lot of ways. And you can hear it in some of the, the, the rhythm guitar kind of riffs that, that Lynch is doing yeah. and some of the vocal harmonies. You you mentioned STP and some other things. Now, before we close things off, you uh, also made another musical connection that I think ties more into what we do here on Requiem Metal Podcast typically, which is the sentence oh, connection. Geez. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing, I think, uh, what's the guy's last name? Lopaka? Sammy Lopaka from Sentenced. Heavily influenced by George Lynch, I, I we, gotta admit. There's... We think he might have a George Lynch poster up at his house as well. <laughs> so, especially like the it North would, from Here and Muck kind of stuff. It would you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and, and again, there were musicians' bands, so it wouldn't be surprising. Oh, we didn't that... mention the Steve Olsen thing either, did we? No, because we're not getting into as much of the later doc and stuff, but you even hear some of the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. The, the, oh, the Stranger Steve. That'll be my own blog post. Someday. Yeah, he'll do a Steve Wilson sounds a little bit like a newer <laughs> Don Dockin blog post soon. So, But we're going to close things out with, I, I think, a pretty strong track, and I, I defend Dysfunctional. I think it's a great record for its time. Uh, you know, in the midst of facing Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and all these other bands, I mean, what more could you have, you know, wanted from a record at this point? Um, to me, the only two relevant bands to sort of survive this era that put out good records in the mid '90s mm-hmm. was were these guys and, and and Chris might get upset in Skid Row with Subhuman Race, which I think is a really underrated Skid record. Row, Skid Row has, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a good record. I mean, they they tried to um, fit into the times, I guess, and mm-hmm. it wasn't like they sold their soul either, because you know, on a song like Shadows of Life, which we're going to hear from this record. Lynch is playing a really a decent solo. You know, it's still very in in the Lynchian mode, and uh, you know, it's just there was no place for Dokken at this point, and that's yeah. and that's kind of ultimately where it's led. And so, um, you know, if you're interested in more Dokken, there's more Dokken records out there. You know, certainly you can uh, you can find them. So all four of them for six bucks. Exactly. <laughs> 
find quite a few it's of them. Definitely um, Lightning Strikes, which is actually quite good. Yeah, it is actually a pretty good record. And uh, you know, unfortunately, there's only two members of, of the clan that we've been talking about on the record, but. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed some Dokken and if you have some comments or if we missed a particular Dokken song or you have a particularly strong feeling about uh, newer or older Dokken and things like that send us an email at uh, requiempodcast at gmail.com uh, leave a comment for us on iTunes or on Talk Shoe Talk Shoe Talk Shoe okay. so. and uh, do I look like George Lynch stay out of the you don't want to stay out of the Keep lifting weights, yeah, like folks. Scary. Keep lifting weights. So, yeah, he has a George Hamilton thing, which Mark mentioned earlier. So, Chris, this has been fun. I am glad we got to do some uh, something crazy like Dokken. Yep. Hopefully we didn't alienate all our Requiem Metal uh, podcast oh, no. fans. You so. always got to do some rocking with Dokken. Rocking with Dokken. Rockin so, with Dokken. for uh, Rocking for Dokken, I'm Jason. I'm Mark. And I'm Chris. Enjoy.